Hey everyone, welcome to Sunday Night Live, Lisa Sunday on the west coast of America, four o'clock. And I'm looking forward to taking your questions here this evening. We're going to be looking at Amos chapter two. We left off there last Sunday. We have a lot to talk about tonight. And uh, we're going to be making some comparisons, comparisons to what in the world's going on now, but also to what the other prophets were saying uh, back in the day of of the end of Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom, as we have uh, here with Amos. Amos was primarily a prophet living in the southern kingdom, but prophesying about the destruction coming to the north. But he literally, in chapter 2, was prophesying about the destruction of not just the northern kingdom, but also the southern kingdom of Judah, and even the neighbors around Israel, which would be related to modern-day Jordan. So the message for this evening is from Amos. Oh man, I put Amos chapter three. I messed up. But the title is, this is what judgment looks like. So uh, sorry, I have Amos chapter three on that. I can't fix it now. It's a little too late for that. It's one way that you can know that this is live. So uh, listen, let's just get going. And then I'm going to look at, uh, we're going to do some updates throughout this. And uh, I hope that you're ready. So in Amos chapter two, when we were looking at it last time, we saw that God said this in, in chapter 2, verse 1, for three transgressions of Moab, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. So we saw that same language with for three transgressions against Judah, for four, I'll not turn away punishment. Same thing with Israel in uh, verse 6, for three transgressions, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. What did that mean? For sin upon Sin. It didn't mean, uh, listen, there were only three times Israel sinned. No, the fourth one, I just remembered, now you're really in trouble and you're over as a nation. No, it was sin upon sin that was taking place. And so I want to start from there, pick up where we left off, uh, verse 7. It said this in chapter 2 of Amos. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor, and pervert the way of the humble. So what's this, the, the dust of the earth which is on the poor? They, they pant after it. In other words, the leaders, what they're doing is they, they, they so detest the poor. They so, such a separation of classes that they, they don't mind. They love just seeing the poor people just crying out, kind of like Job did. When Job he tears his clothes and he's, put, he's putting dust on his head, that's what the thought is. You know what, you people over there, that's your problem. We see a separation of classes like that taking place in the world right now with the elites and everybody else. So that's what was happening here in the northern kingdom of Israel at that time. It's like, hey, the poor, they can just go over there. They can suffer. In fact, let's make them suffer a little bit more as famine was coming into the land and so forth. A man and his father go into the same girl. He says, uh, this is perverted. Uh, the things that are happening. A man and father go into the same girl to defile my holy name. Now here it's probably referring to some kind of temple rituals, some kind of pagan rituals. So, and they're going to the, the, the same temple prostitute. But either way you get the picture, a man and, and his own son doing this. They lie down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. So we're going to get back to this in just a minute. And let's start looking at uh, some of the events of this past week 
I want to start connecting all of this. As I mentioned, we're going to look at some of the other prophets tonight. We're going to see what Ezekiel had to say. We're going to see what Jeremiah had to say and uh, do a little bit of cross-referencing, but we're going to look at what in the world is going on right now. So let's connect some things with, with uh, the, the uh, uh, current events. So note this article, the Washington Post finally admits Ukraine is losing badly. Maybe you heard about this. I mean, we've been hearing on the news, hey, Ukraine's winning, Russia's getting beat, and so forth and so on. Uh, this article from Investment Watch. I want you to notice none of these publications I'm using are, are from uh, the, um, somebody who's teaching Bible prophecy. Uh, but they're, they're, this is just what's out there. Uh, they could be leaning left, they could be leaning right, but this is the Washington Post admitting, hey, Ukraine is losing badly. I want you to think of this with me. What's going to happen as Putin marches forward with Ukraine? We have the globalists that are they're seeking to um, manipulate the war, I believe. That's what's been going on. I don't think the globalists care about the people in Ukraine. I don't think the globalists care about the people in Russia. They're just pawns. They're, they're useless people. We talked about that last week with the things that Yuval Noah Harari has said and, and uh, the, the people in Davos. Listen, the rest of us are just useless. Like Amos chapter 2 here, where they don't care. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor. They don't care about them. So to, to these leaders, that's what we are. But when you look at this article, I want you to think of this. So Washington Post is admitting Ukraine's losing badly. I want you to think of this a little bit further, all right? So... Putin has been said as cancer. Uh, let's assume he, he knows he's dying. What do you think Putin is going to do if it's real, if he really does know that he is dying? Do you think he's going to do anything? I mean, these guys, they hate the West. They can't stand the globalists. Uh, you look at China. What's China going to do? You start putting all of these things together. You think of China. You think of Russia. You think of Iran. You think of North Korea. So if you're Putin and you're dying, and you're looking at, listen, if you believe you're a Messiah type of figure, according to his beliefs with uh, his leader in the Russian Orthodox religion, what's Putin going to do? You start seeing, well, man, I, I can see where he would, he would want to nuke something. I mean, you start working this out and you see the problems that we have in this world. You throw in here the concept of Ezekiel chapter 38, and man, this thing just takes off. All right, so we have this dynamic that's taking place right now. Again, because these globalists, they don't care about us. They want to see the dust on the head of the poor. All right, next article, check this out. This is out of the expose. Major supermarkets to ban paying with cash or card and only accept payments via digital ID and facial recognition technology. I, I brought this article in here just to show you where we are on the timeline when it comes to something like Revelation chapter 13 and the fulfillment of this beast system and then the Antichrist uh, who comes and controls everything so that no one can buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast. I believe what we are watching right now is the birth of the beast system. That's what's developing right now. That's where all this weird, it's like we're in the birth canal. I think I mentioned that to you last week. But consider this coming out of that article. All major supermarkets will very soon no longer accept cash or credit card payments and instead force customers to use their face or fingerprints, excuse me, to pay for essential items in what is another huge leap forward in a dystopian cashless society. MasterCard recently launched a program for retailers to offer biometric payment methods like facial recognition and fingerprint scanning, 
At the checkout, users will be forced to authenticate their payment by showing their face or the palm of their hand instead of being allowed to pay by card or with cash. The program has already gone live in five St. Marsh grocery stores in Sao Paulo, Brazil, with more trials also planned for Asia and the Middle East. MasterCard, get this, says it plans, it plans to roll it out globally later this year, later 2022. So you start putting things together, the first article. We see what's going on with Russia. You see all the things developing there. And then you look at this. They plan to roll this out globally sometime this year. We live in amazing days. By the way, I want to update you on the WHO Treaty, the World Health Organization and the Biden administration with the um, Health and Human Services and that request. I'm going to update you a little bit later in the message because there's a lot of things I want to get to uh, before we get to some more of the updates. Just, just, just real quick, though, I want to uh, take a look at this. Uh, this is regarding Jerusalem Day. And uh, Jerusalem Day marks uh, is the reminder of the day when Israel captured Jerusalem once again, hence uh, the term Jerusalem Day. 10,000 joined holiday prayers at the Western Wall. Thousands marked 55 years since Jerusalem's reunification, praying and singing. I look at this and go, man, it's so cool. I watched one of the videos earlier today. Totally cool to see that. But we also know that, listen, the Antichrist is going to seek to divide Jerusalem. So what do we enter into? We enter into this article. I think I referenced this last week, but I'm bringing it up because of the next thing I'm going to show you. So Saudi Arabians uh, it, it has a $2 billion investment that they're going to put into Israel with Jared Kushner being the one who has put this whole thing together. Now, to me, this is really fascinating. It says here, analysis, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's decision to back affinity partners run by former President Donald Trump's son-in-law may have benefits for Israel, but it raises significant ethical concerns. Uh, folks, as you read this and you start following this, you realize what's happening is Saudi Arabia knows, hey, there's going to be a lot of money to be made in Israel. We also have the warming relationships between Saudi Arabia and Israel and, and, uh, uh, and some of the other territories, some of the other Arab communities with Israel. And you think of Daniel chapter 9, where there's going to be a covenant with many. And then we think of the Abraham Accords. Okay, now look at this article. The reason I showed you that one with Saudi and the $2 billion investment is because of this. United States quietly negotiating deal that will transfer power of Straits of Tehran. That's not Tehran in Iran. A Tehran to Saudi Arabia, pushing Israel closer to two-state solution via Abraham Accords. I find this rather interesting. Um, this says, why this matters? If an arrangement is reached, it would be significant foreign policy achievement for the Biden administration in the Middle East. The U.S. and Israeli soldier, sources excuse me, said the agreement is not complete and the sensitive negotiations are ongoing, according to the U.S. and Israeli sources, who are knowledgeable about the negotiations, but who are not at liberty to publicly discuss them. The White House wants an agreement to be reached before President Biden's upcoming trip to the Middle East at the end of June, which could include a stop in Saudi Arabia, according to the sources. The Tehran and Sanfar Islands control the Straits of Tehran, a strategic sea passage to the ports of Aqba, Aqaba, excuse me, Jordan and Elat in Israel. Saudi, Saudi and Egyptian officials say Saudi Arabia gave Egypt control of the islands in 1950. 
The big picture, according to the sources, the Biden administration believes finalizing an arrangement could bring, could, excuse me, build trust between the parties and create an opening to warm relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia, which do not have diplomatic relations. I would say warmer relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. I find this very fascinating. Uh, we know that the Abraham Accords have really uh, uh, caused a lot of the Arab territories to say, hey, we want to be friends with Israel. So we've been watching that for the last couple of years. And then you throw in the $2 billion from the last article I showed you and this Jared Kushner thing that he's been putting together, $2 billion from Saudi Arabia. And then you have this that we're looking at right now, this, this article in here. From, uh, it's actually this, this part here is from Axios. Uh, from Tel Aviv, it was a combination of different interviews that took place. What's next? President Biden is planning to go to Saudi Arabia as part of the upcoming Middle East trip. If the visit takes place, it would be Biden's first with bin Salman. The trip would also include a summit with the leaders of Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Oman, Qatar, Kuwait, Egypt, Jordan, and Iraq. Several Arab sources have confirmed. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at these things. And uh, I'm thinking this is, to me, is absolutely, uh, absolutely remarkable. Okay, so with that, I have a lot more to tell you that, I, that we really need to be able to connect with. And uh, I'm going to, we have the school shooting in, in uh, uh, Texas. In fact, I'm just going to give you this, then I'm going to go over here. Because uh, I'm looking at everything that's going on. I have a lot more concerns and a lot more doubts about anything that we are hearing anymore. I go all the way back to the 9-11 in my mind now and really wonder about anything. All right, so when you look at the school shooting in in, uh, Texas, absolute tragedy, just a horrible thing. But unsurprisingly, as Curtis Bowers in Agenda Weekly says, the Communist Party, USA's public, uh, people's world, excuse me, echoed key DNC gun, gun control talking points. Isn't that rather interesting? We have the Communist Party USA saying, hey, we got to take the guns away from the people. What do you think is going to happen over that? Uh, we have the Democrat Party doing this. Uh, and then, of course, get this, some Republicans are even jumping in on this, including Mitch McConnell, Cornyn Rounds, and Lindsey Graham discussing gun control deal with the Democrats. Folks, we live in an interesting time. Here's what these globalists know, that as long as Americans have guns, they can't just come in and take over everything. This is what the Second Amendment was for. So I'm looking at things very concerned. Now I'm gonna take this a step further, then I'm gonna get back here to Amos. Um, I want you to uh, just, just, just hear me out. So I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. Her son works for Border Patrol. And he said his, um, one of his friends, um, their child was in that same school. Well, it turns out that school is a school that a whole lot of the Border Patrol agents have their kids in that school. I'm thinking, okay, well, that makes it even more interesting. So this guy who committed this horrible atrocity just happened to pick a school that's filled with Border Patrol agents' kids. Why is it that the police we're standing down. Um, you know, we hear all these different reports. I have a lot, listen, I just have a lot more questions now than I did before. That's all I'm saying. Um, so I look at this, here's something else that some of the things I've been reading, uh, this kid, he was, uh, uh, there was an FBI operative that regularly talked with this guy. 
Uh, he, he was known to have some mental illness problems. He was a transvestite. I mean, what a person that could be easily manipulated by the FBI. I, I'm just saying, I look at this and go, okay. And then a, a school that's got Border Patrol agents, kids in it, you know, it's like you can't make this up. I remember talking uh, with one of, when we were doing one of our updates with one of our friends over in Australia, and he was saying, hey, I work for the equivalent of, you might remember this, it was a Monday Live, I worked for the equivalent of Homeland Security over here, and he worked different uh, things with the police, and he goes, I know who the police are, I know who the, 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 uh, the equivalents of the HHS are, and, and you know, the Homeland Security, excuse me, DHS, I know who the equivalents of those are, and he goes, these police that are coming into these places of Australia that are, that are forcing us all into these certain positions, he goes, they're not the guys I recognize. I don't know who these people are. So it, listen, I'm just saying I have a lot more questions as I look at things and I look at Amos. Now Amos, this is what's going on with Amos. We're gonna see it more later on in the book, but you'll notice it's an elite class of people at the top that are controlling the people down below. Hence, back to the opening passage that I mentioned about the poor with the dust on their heads. This was manipulative. And then you have in here, they lie down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Uh, so we looked a little bit at, uh, at this last week, but that's what they were doing. They're, they're stealing the garments. They're taking the garments. They're, they're, they're stealing the wine. They're using uh, money that they've taken and, and they've gone and bought wine and then they go and profane the name of the Lord with all of this. And all of it, of course, is done in the name of the Lord. Bad stuff, but let's get some more details. So if we start looking at Amos, what do we see? We see social injustice, uh, but it's not like the social injustice we are being told, right? So we have this, this propaganda that's out there right now. We just want equal amounts of, uh, there's got to be equality. That's what we hear in the narrative right now. But the problem is, what's really happening is just like the social injustice back in that day. So although the elite are telling us, right? These globalists are telling us that we've got to have equality. They don't want us to be at the level of them, and they're certainly not going to come down to our level. They're looking at equal levels of poverty. So we have social injustice, uh, but not like we are being told. Also, something else that you'll notice in Amos is separation in society. In fact, you notice it throughout all of the prophets. It's a separation in society the different classes. What's been happening over the last two years is a severe separation. The rich have been getting richer and everybody else, the middle class has, has been getting poorer and poorer. As we watch inflation, this will only continue to increase. But we have a separation in society where the elite are controlling everything. We're gonna see this a lot more in a few more minutes when I give you some more stories because they are shockers. So we're gonna get there, but I wanna I wanted develop this with Amos and the other prophets a little bit more first. Definitely seeing the separation in society. What else do we see here in, in uh, Amos chapter two? Sexual impurity, what do we have here? We have this man who lies down with the same woman as his own son. And you look at this, and you go, so there's all kinds of perverted things that were going on in that time. Let me ask you this. Do you think there's perverted things going on in our society today? Yes, there is. In fact, when you call them out, you're called a bigot, you're called a hater. I mean, you, you look, you go, this is just weird stuff. Let's think of it like this. Take a school, for example. Um, 
in a school, you can't have somebody who's been charged with these uh, with uh, uh, sex crimes to live within uh, so so many yards of a school, right? An elementary school, for example. However, it's gotten so twisted now. Now you can have a teacher who goes into the school and teaches ki kids perverted things. What kind, okay? What would you call a teacher who's told you're not allowed to talk to six-year-olds about their genitals, right? And the teacher makes a big fuss on the news. They make a big fuss. The teacher should be able to do that kind of stuff. You know what you tell them? They're a pervert. That's what this is. But in society, at least here in America, it's become norm. And I look at, listen, listen, I know we have viewers from Canada, Australia, all over Europe and so forth. They look at these things. I, I know you guys out there. You look at us like we're, we've gone mad. It is mad. It's just sickening. So when you look at the time of Amos, social injustice, but not like we are being told, but it's like we are being sold. There's going to be equal amounts of poverty, separation in society, the elite at the top and everybody else down here, right? Sexual impurity, friends, it's getting off the charts. It is absolutely sickening. What else do we have here? Spiritual idolatry. What else were they doing? Um, uh, they were... They, they were um, claiming to be worshipers of God, but they were not worshipers of God. God is telling them here in Amos chapter 2, although you say you are my people, you are refusing to be my people. They rejected his word and they chose to believe lies and live accordingly. So God said, for three sins, no for four. In other words, for sin upon sin. And you even bring my name into it. You say, God is good with this. God is sanctioning my sin. To Judah, God even said in uh, verse 8, actually to Israel, God even said in verse 8, I will send fire and I will, no, I'm sorry, I have the wrong verse here. To Judah, God said, verse 5, I will send fire upon Judah and I shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. God said, it's gotten so bad your spiritual idolatry has. You claim to be worshiping me. You commit all kinds of perverted things. Uh, claiming that God is good with it and, and, and uh, God is blessing Israel because of it. Listen to the same nonsense we hear today. And it's happening in pulpits, it's happening in churches all throughout America. Listen, God says, I'm going to send fire and the fire is going to destroy Jerusalem. That happened in 586 BC. Nebuchadnezzar's army from Babylon marched through and destroyed the palaces and took captives, uh, captive the Jews. And then in 70 AD, at the command of uh, the, uh, the Roman Titus, uh, the Roman troops destroyed the temple and burned it and the city with fire. So uh, we look at this passage again and ultimately uh, God fulfilled what he was going to, what he said he was going to do. But then, again, I, I, I want to point this out, um, uh, because as you continue down this path, this says here, I've got to read this verse, they lie down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. So they steal things, they, they have these people locked up. We looked at that last week, right? You, 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 have, you bring false charges against someone, you have them locked up, and then you take their stuff. But also in the law, even if they were legitimate charges that were happening, uh, a, a person's outer garment would be held for debt owed, but they, be, they, they were supposed to be able to wear that outer garment at night to keep themselves warm while they were cold, being locked up in prison, even if it was legitimate. 
That's according to Exodus chapter 2 and Deuteronomy chapter 24. The law commanded that the garment be returned at night so the person could sleep. They said, forget it. We're not going to do it that way. So they were taking the garments. They were keeping them for themselves. They were saying, hey, these are nice garments. Let's just wear them, whether it be a Dan or Bethel at the time, time of Amos, is which uh, he's bringing the charge against Israel here in verse 8 about that. This would be Dan and uh, Bethel, part of Samaria. Uh, so we look at that and we say, okay, think of it like this. When the Jews were taken by the Nazis, what did they do? They took their clothes, they took their jewelry, they took the gold out of their teeth. They took everything. They just stole everything, right? And, uh, and listen, God put an end to that Nazi regime and the Jews suffered tremendously. But the, the thought is, this is what they were doing back then. They were having people arrested. And then you look at it today and you take their goods. You claim the house is mine. Look, listen to the things the government is telling us. If you don't obey, they can call you a terrorist now, right? If you, I mean, I've seen the, the documents regarding Bible prophecy. In Bible prophecy, people are nuts. So once you're labeled a domestic terrorist, they can manipulate you any way they want. They can take all your stuff. They can freeze your bank accounts. That's basically what was happening back here at that time. You know, the judges were in on it, the princes were in on it, the kings were in on it, the people were leading it, and then everybody else was oppressed under the way that they interpreted the rules, the way that they interpreted the laws and made the laws. Listen, God judged them for it, and in that, we have a little bit of hope. We can say, thank you, Lord, for, for judging these people over, these, over those things, and thank you that you're going to judge. You're going to, listen, Jesus is coming back. He's going to establish a millennial kingdom, and he's going, to, he's going to judge all of this wickedness that is taking place. But right now, think of it. School moms go to a board meeting being labeled terrorists. You think this is just insanity. But then, you, but then again, uh, we watch these things that are happening. All right, uh, next one is sin of, of ingratitude. I really want to get to some updates for you in a second, uh, but I, I'm going to go over to Ezekiel and Jeremiah because you need to connect all, what all the different prophets are saying. And when you do, you're going to go, man, does this sound like today. So th think of the sin of ingratitude. Verse 9, it was, God says this in Amos, It was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars. And he was as strong as the oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also it was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarites. Is it not so, you children of Israel, says the Lord? But you gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets, saying, Do not prophesy. So what's going on here? God's saying, listen, I did this. I delivered you from Egypt. I took out the Amorites. I was one who fought your battles. And, and yet you completely ignored me. You reject me. And then when the Nazarites came along, and you're talking, listen, the Nazarites had a vow of purity. And part of their vow of purity uh, some, like, don't cut your hair. Remember that with Samson? Uh, they weren't to uh, drink any wine, anything to do with the grape at all. Uh, fermented or unfermented. Welch's grape juice they couldn't even have, couldn't even touch the vine. But it was part of their, um, their vow, part of the Nazarite vow to be separated to God. So with the Nazarite, they went and they, they, they compromised the Nazarites, right? The ones who, were, who, who had a vow to be set apart. 
And then with the prophets, the ones who were legitimate prophets, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Amos, and on down the list, and Amos is even writing these words, God says, you told my prophets to shut their mouths. You told my prophets to not say the truth, to not say judgment's coming, to only talk about good things. Listen, let's think about this today, all right? How often we hear about it coming out of churches. Hey, don't talk about, the last thing you want to do is talk about the minor prophets, right? You don't, how, how could you do something like that? Or the major prophets, don't talk about judgment. Listen, we're all, we're all in this together. We're all going to get through this. The world's been through this before. Friends, don't, the world's never been through this before. This is absolute nonsense. Look what's going on in Davos. Look what's been going on the last two and a half years. Look how people get censored. Look who gets put on the terrorist list. You start, and you start realizing this is global. And then you start to warn, and what do people say? Oh, man, you're a pastor. Be quiet, man. That guy's nuts. Don't listen to the things that he is saying. All these warnings, 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 warnings. Nah, it's all going to be peace. It's all going to be safety. It's all going to be good. That's what Amos is talking about. You compromise the Nazarite, the one that was set apart for that vow. He had a vow between him and God, and you made him compromise his vow. Listen, there's a reason uh, for, for anybody. Listen, you know, we don't always know what a person's personal vow of purity is with the Lord. And sometimes they got their own vow. Praise the Lord for them. Uh, they're not supposed to lay their trip on you, but if it's not necessarily something that's in the Bible, but at the same time, you don't want to lay... Your, to cause them to stumble, to cause them to get into a bad place in and of themselves. That makes sense? All right, so but the Nazarites had that vow, but then the prophets were told to keep their mouth shut. Don't tell us judgment is coming. Listen, I got this, uh, this email earlier today. Let me read it to you. I think this is enlightening. It's from John from New York. I've quoted from John from New York before. Just the first part of the email. After America ordered Greece to seize an oil tanker holding Iranian oil in international waters, America stole the oil in an act of piracy in the eyes of Iran. No kidding. But Iran seized two Greek super tankers full of oil and indicated Greek tankers would not be permitted to sail through the Persian Gulf Greek shipping companies, get this, own more than one-third of oil tankers and one-sixth of gas tankers. Friends, that's outrageous. All right, I just quoted that. You know what? There's people online that are going to say, this guy's a nut. Don't listen to this nonsense. He talks about Zelensky being in on it. He talks about the globalists. <laughs> listen, man, we need to pay attention to what's going on. Amos is saying, Amos was telling the truth, judgment is coming, and God is warning, you tell my prophets to keep their mouth shut when I've told them to preach judgment is coming. Now, let's connect with Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Friends, you got to hear this, all right? Just listen to these words. So you have um, Jeremiah prophet, uh, was a prophet in the southern kingdom in Judah at the time of the Babylonian captivity. Amos was a prophet living in the southern kingdom of, uh, in the city of Tekoa, but prophesying mostly to the northern kingdom, but still also affected Judah somewhat. Uh, and then you have Ezekiel in here, but you listen to him, even though they were separated by years. Jeremiah and Ezekiel were contemporaries. Daniel will be a contemporary. Uh, even though they were contemporaries, Amos was before, but listen to this. Uh, this is Jeremiah chapter 23. I'm going to read several different passages, but just listen because, friends, this is remarkable thinking of today. My heart is broken because of the false prophets, and I tremble uncontrollably. I staggered like a drunkard. This is Jeremiah. 
uh, like someone overcome by wine because of the holy words the Lord has spoken against them. In other words, God is saying judgment is coming. They don't want to hear it. The priests are like the prophets, all ungodly, wicked men. I have seen their despicable acts right here in my own temple, says the Lord. Therefore, their paths will be dark and slippery. They will be chased down dark and treacherous trails where they will fall. For I will bring disaster upon them when their time of punishment comes. I, the Lord, have spoken. I saw the prophets of Samaria were terribly evil. For they prophesied by Baal and led my people, Israel, into sin. But now I see that the prophets of Jerusalem are even worse. They commit adultery. They love dishonesty. They encourage those who are doing evil instead of turning them away from their sins. These prophets are as wicked as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah once were. So God's saying, listen, you got corrupt prophets. And they didn't want to hear the truth. They wanted to get rid of Jeremiah, the prophet, who was writing these things and preaching these things. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says concerning the prophets. I will feed them with bitterness and give them poison to drink, for it is because of Jerusalem's false prophets that wickedness fills this land. Folks, I agree. When I look at today, the, I think it's, if pastors were preaching the truth, People would be hearing the truth. They'd be turning from their sins. It's, it's amazing to read these words and think of where we are right now. Just amazing. This is my warning to my people, says the Lord Almighty. Do not listen to these prophets when they prophesy to you, filling you with futile hopes, saying, it's all going to be good. We've been through this before. Futile hopes. It's all going to work out. How many people thinking right now, listen, we're almost, all, we're, we're almost through this, right? Um, yeah, we don't have to wear masks anymore. We don't really have to get shots anymore. It's all good. Listen, we've been talking about this for a while here. It's coming back. And when it comes back, whatever form it takes, they're coming back with a vengeance. Jeremiah or Ezekiel, one of them talks about that in a few minutes. They are making up everything. They who say, uh, they say they uh, do not speak for the Lord. They keep saying these rebels who despise my work, don't worry. So in other words, the false prophets are saying, look at these nut jobs, like me, uh, they're making up this stuff. They're misinterpreting the Bible. Listen, these guys saying that stuff, they don't even read the Bible. They don't even want the Bible. They hate the Old Testament. They don't like the prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. They fit into this category. What are they saying? The same thing the false prophets were saying in the days of Jeremiah. Don't worry. The Lord says you will have peace and to those who stubbornly follow their own evil desires, they say no harm will come your way. That's what we hear from these guys. They're liars. But can you name even one of these prophets who knows the Lord well enough to even hear what he is saying? Wow. And then he, he continues. Let these false prophets tell their dreams, but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every Word. Therefore, says the Lord, I stand against these prophets who get their messages from each other. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You read this. This is Jeremiah chapter 23. Read it for yourself. You can't make this stuff up. They get their messages from each other. These smooth-tongued prophets who say this prophecy is from the Lord. What a, what a joke. Then he says here, uh, uh, he continues, suppose one of the people or one of the prophets or priests ask you, what prophecy has the Lord burdened with you now, Jeremiah? You must reply, you are the burden. You are the burden, you false prophets. Look at that. That's what Jeremiah says. Wow. 
And then as you continue through the prophecy, so that's prophecy to Judah. But then in Jeremiah chapter 50, Jeremiah also gives the prophecy is coming upon Babylon. What's he say? Uh, chapter 50, that they will become fools. The leaders will become fools. The leaders will be as weak as women. God says, I will even strike her water supply. You start looking at this, you go, this is just absolutely amazing. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 51, listen, my people flee from Babylon, save yourselves, run from the Lord's fierce anger, do not panic. When you hear the first rumor of approaching forces, for rumors will keep coming year by year, but then the judgment's going to come. You'll keep hearing them, and we've been hearing them, but then the day is coming. The judgment will come. The, and then back to Jerusalem. The Babylonians will come back and capture the city and burn it to the ground. The Lord says, do not fool yourselves that the Babylonians are gone for good. They aren't. Uh, that is from Jeremiah chapter 37. You start looking at all the back and forth here and we hear people saying oh these globes they're not really going to do this they got turned away at Davos this past week no they didn't I'll show you that in just a few more minutes we're almost done here but I look at this and go you look at Amos you look at Ezekiel look at Jeremiah look at any of the prophets and you go wow the Lord says don't be fooled they're just gone for a while they are coming back they are not gone let me see I got a few more things in here I want to I want to read to you because this is just absolutely remarkable you know what I tell you what I have a lot more God says in here these false prophets they are liars this is uh, Jeremiah chapter 27 do not listen to your false prophets fortune tellers interpreters of dreams mediums and sorcerers who say you don't have anything to worry about with Babylon God says they are all liars Ezekiel uh, chapter 7, this message came to me from the Lord, son of man. This is what the sovereign Lord says to Israel. The end is here. Whenever, wherever you look, east, west, north, south, your land is finished. No hope remains, for I will unleash my anger against you. I will call you to account for all your disgusting behavior. I will turn my eyes away and show you no pity, repaying you in full for all your evil. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The end has come. It has finally arrived. Your final doom is waiting. I will repay you for your detestable practices. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who is striking the blow. The day of judgment is here. Your destruction awaits. Um, also, they will see what happens when the Lord turns against the nation in furious rebuke. I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. I will destroy your pagan shrines, your altars, your idols, your incense altars, your religious objects that you have made. I will shower you with deadly arrows of famine to destroy you. The famine will come more and more severe and every, until every crumb of food is gone. Listen, I have a lot more I wanted to share there, but I'm not going to because I want to read a few more verses in Amos. I want to connect some dots, and then I want to get to your questions here, all right? A few more verses in Amos. Look at this. Behold, verse 13, I am weighed down by you as a cart full of sheaves is weighed down. Therefore, flight shall perish from the swift. The strong shall not strengthen his power, nor shall the mighty deliver himself. In other words, God says, just like the passages I wrote, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, listen, we're warned. I'm telling you right now, I, I look at what's going on in the world today. You, 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 how can you look at what's happening and, and just say, ah, it's all going to be, it's all going to work out. Just like Jeremiah, when he said, no, the Babylonians are coming back. They're just regrouping. It, man, and I look at this, and God says, this is what happened back then with ancient Israel, ancient Judah. 
and even the prophecies coming of Babylon. But he says here, the strong aren't going to be strong enough. You think they're strong? Not when my judgment comes. He shall not stand who handles the bow. Uh, the military person, the soldier, the swift of foot shall not escape. In other words, the one who's fast. Nor shall he who rides a horse deliver himself. Uh, you can get on your horse, you can get on your plane, you can get on whatever you want. You will not escape the judgment of God. He shall not stand who handles the bow um, or deliverance. The most courageous men of might shall flee naked in that day, says the Lord. Wow, that's, that's Amos chapter 2. So I, I look at these things and I think, this is truly uh, amazing when you look at all of this in the light of where we are today. Okay, I'm going to connect some dots, and then I want to take your questions, but I want you to think of some things. Here's just one article. From lockdown to lockout, the UN created Build Back Better is now being used to drive America into a crippling recession as the Great Reset rises. Listen, friends, you don't have to believe a word I say. That's not my problem. I believe that I, I look at the Bible. Um, God has called me to teach the whole counsel of God's word. I look at what's going on out there in the world and I see what's happening right now. And I look at the Bible and I look what happened to Judah in the past and Israel in the past, why these things happen. I look at the difference in the separation of the classes, the elites from everybody else and the things that were happening there that are happening now. And I'm thinking, man, we, we better be prepared. And then you look, the warning of a crippling recession that is coming, friends, you can't make this stuff up. And we really do need to be prepared. Um, listen to this. This is just a few things. Also from Curtis Bowers. Uh, let me connect this from Agenda Weekly. I encourage you to read it if you ever can. Klaus Schwab, uh, again, the, the World Health Organization, right? This is what he said. So as we look at the World Health Organization, what happened over this past week? Um, it went into the week looking like the world's going to be subject to the World Health Organization. I'm going to show you how that's working out and uh, uh, where the concerns still are. But Klaus Schwab said this, the future is built by us. Let's also be clear, the future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community, you who are here in this room. This future includes a project designed by Chinese tech giant Alibaba, get this, to track every individual's carbon footprint and award carbon credits to compliant individuals. Julie Inman Grant, Australia's e-safety commissioner, called for a recalibration of freedom of speech and said that governments should have the right to our data as citizens, right? This is the stuff they talked about over the last few days. And then, of course, we saw that video that resurfaced with uh, the uh, Burla out of uh, Pfizer, who said, hey, you're going to get a pill. This pill is going to have this, uh, this uh, microchip that's going to go down into your body. It's going to have all the information on you, and you better watch out. In 2018, he said that, by the way, so four years ago. That makes me not want to ever take a pill from Big Pharma, ever. Again, not even an aspirin. Yuval Noah Harari, as a... Um, Curtis Bauer said, top advisor to Klaus Schwab told a WEF panel, listen to this, COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. We need to not just monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. Okay, listen, if I get censored, I, I hope I don't tonight. If I do, get a hold of me through hopeforourtimes.com, through the website, and, um, and I'll, I'll keep posting stuff. Um, I'm going to do everything I can, but I hope I don't get uh, censored. Not yet, but it's coming. 
It's coming, baby. Tedros re-elected as president of Gates-controlled World Health Organization. Tedros Andonom, I uh, can't pronounce his last name, the first WHO head without a medical degree was re-elected to a second five-year term as president of the WHO. His re-election was opposed by his native Ethiopia due to his connections with to Ethiopia's, get this, Marxist Tigran People's Liberation Front. Tedros has worked closely with the Gates Foundation since at least 2010, and his 2017 election was backed by China and Bill Gates. What a quinky dink. Bill Gates is everywhere. I, he's a bad dude. Tedros is pushing the global pandemic treaty, which F. William Engdahl calls a stealth coup, which would dictate the global health agenda of Gates and Big Pharma. The Epoch Times reports the WHO Treaty is tied to a global digital passport and ID system. Certainly many of you heard about that already. Joshua Phillip warns that the recent monkeypox outbreak could conveniently propel the WHO's pandemic response takeover. Again, I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, uh, and then we know about the WHO, uh, we talked about this before here, you've seen it elsewhere too, in March of 2021, it was a, what do you call it, the simulation of a monkeypox outbreak, March of 2021, simulation of uh, mid-May of 2022, you think, well, simulation, Bill Gates involved in that, no, he wasn't, yes, he was, no, I can't, meet, can't believe it, oh my, the Gates Foundation, along with the World Health Organization and big pharma executives hosted that event, what a quinky dink, and the World Health Organization had previously laid out a 10-year pandemic plan, get this, stretching from 2020 to 2030, it's all just a coincidence, isn't it, folks? And then we think of the UN's Agenda 2030. Certainly it is. Okay, this may be the best one yet. You ready for this one? Might get me censored, but, but listen to this. It might get me censored. Um, so download this. <laughs> European elites caught faking COVID vaccine status. Jose Maria Fernandez Sousa Ferro President of European farmer giant PharmaMar has been charged by police with being falsely vaccinated against COVID-19. He said he got the whoop and apparently he didn't get the whoop. What? Wow. And it says in here, he's one of almost 2,200 celebrities and European elites who said they got and apparently they didn't or got something else. Isn't that rather interesting? We see all these people on TV, at least here in America. I live in California, a couple hours outside of Hollywood, and I'm thinking, okay, just, just absolutely um, amazing. Okay, all right. So I'm guessing I'm still, I'm still online. Let me look here. Um, am I still online? I don't, I don't have a clue. I'm going to look here. Hey, I am still online. Okay, cool. Okay, so... Think of this, um, with the World Health Organization, just a couple of things I wanna quote here, and, and what happened with the World Health Organization. Okay, there was a lot of pushback. Remember the document from uh, Health and Human Services from the United States to have the world subjected to the World Health Organization. Apparently there were 13 different amendments that were outlined there. Well, Brazilian president declared national sovereignty is not something to be handed over to the WHO or other entities. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said it's not going to happen here in Florida. The House Freedom Caucus sent Biden a letter demanding that he halt his efforts to empower the World Health Organization. Jews and Christians United uh, blew the shofar around World Health Organization's assembly. After the backlash, the World Health Organization temporarily, temporarily withdrew 12 of the 13 amendments proposed by the Biden administration. All right, so that's what's going on there. I've had people say, hey, this is fake news. No, it wasn't fake news. Why, why would it be that Brazilian president said, uh-uh? Uh, why is it that DeSantis said, uh-uh? Why the House Freedom Caucus said, uh-uh? Why Tucker Carlson? Why Epoch Times? Why this? You start going through it like, uh, okay, it was, it's real, but they've withdrawn. Damon Duck, last thing that I'm going to your questions, uh, said this, concerning the meeting, Gene Warland posted an article by Gary Randall, uh, dated May 20, titled Klaus Schwab, Globalism Will Bring Salvation. I quoted from that article this week. He just brought out some uh, interesting quotes from uh, Klaus Schwab. Contrary voices will not be tolerated. That's you and me. Anyone who sought to trivialize the event the event of this past week, World Health Organization, or hijack its key messages, including the often-mentioned Great Reset, will be treated with contempt. Of course they will. There's no place for the frivolous fringe, that would be me and probably you guys if you're watching, that seeks to distract and divert attention. Okay, that's what he said, but at the same time, there's enough attention that was brought that Gary Bowers brings out, even in Agenda Weekly also, hey, the pushback was too much temporarily they're withdrawing. So what? We saw it in the book of Jeremiah. We just saw that with Jeremiah the prophet said, okay, you think the Babylonians are gone? No, they're not gone. They're coming back. They're coming back with a vengeance. That's uh, what we, we really need to uh, uh, pay attention to. Okay, let's move on. Uh, uh, Damon Duck also says here, it's interesting that the only attendees at this meeting to take partial sovereignty over the world are handed our hand-selected rich and powerful elites that will not oppose the globalist agenda. <laughs> I think, no kidding. Uh, so you look at uh, the 10 kings, and he even references the 10 kings of Revelation chapter 17. They're these elitists. They're hand-picked. They're voted through a democracy. We want these 10 guys to rule over us in this coming global system. No, uh, they're 10 elites. They're part of the system. As Amos said, they don't care if the poor people put dust on their head and die. We're stealing all the stuff from the poor people. And we saw what Ezekiel and Jeremiah had to say about that. But listen, this is being set up exactly as the Bible said it, uh, said it would. Okay. A um, few more things to note here that are worth noting. Roman Catholic Archbishop Carlo Maria Vignano. I hope it's okay if I go a few more minutes. I know I've gone a few more minutes over, but I want to get to your questions. Uh, but just listen to this. Carlo... Vignano said, those that are trying to take over the world have immunity. Why do they need immunity if they are not doing anything wrong? <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? They cannot be tried or convicted if what they are doing is against the law. Huh, more protection for the rising world government. They are attempting to silence opposition to Agenda 2030 plan, and among other things, aims to accomplish the drastic reduction of medical and hospital services the privatization of the health industry, and so forth. All right, almost done here. On May 23, it was reported that the WHO will discuss but not implement any sweeping changes this week uh, regarding the, the, the 
the document to subject the world to it. But Damon Duck notes this doesn't mean the WHO won't implement changes six months from now or whenever they want. According to the WHO website this week, the WHO will only discuss the process for revising the treaty. Interesting. We're going to revise it. Huh. Member nations will be asked to recommend revisions to the treaty by September 30, 2022. So another, so, so, so the people out there said I made the stuff up or were misinterpreting it. No, it's still there and it's real. So here it is. Member nations will be asked to recommend revisions by September 30, 2022. This thing ain't dead. So when you start looking at this global system, friends, I'm convinced we are watch, watching the system of the beast being built. According to a leaked document after September 30 of this year, the recommended revisions will be debated, hopefully adopted, adopted by the World Health Organization by May of 2024. That's two years. And put into effect one year later, May of 2025, three years from now unless there's an agreement to do it sooner. Friends, I, I look at this and I think this is truly amazing to be alive right now, given all of these different things that are taking place. Truly amazing. Hey, want me to do one more thing? Well, I will. Um, let's just think of this, as Damon Duck points this out, concerning Ezekiel chapter 38. On May 18th, it was announced that Israel will increase its offshore pumping of natural gas at existing wells to supply slightly more gas to the EU and will start developing new fields to try to double the supply of natural gas in the next two years. This increase will start off slow, but Israel could start exporting natural gas to the EU before this coming winter by causing an existing pipeline to Egypt that is already being expanded. Israel's exports will gradually grow in the coming months and Russia will not like it. No, they won't. So listen, right now, let's switch over to your questions. So much to talk about. Um, hey, Matthew, if you could pull up questions on here, that would be great so I could see it on the board and I don't have to look at my phone. Uh, that would be cool. Question. This one comes from Rosalind. I see it here. Maybe make the font. No, it's big enough font. I can see it. Rosalind says, do you think all these attacks are happening because they are ready to take over and need our guns and possibly using MK Ultra? We know that has never stopped. Um, thank you for the truth. All right. So, okay, it looks like we have a few questions here. Okay. So let's see, let's say this. Okay, that's good. Hold it up right there, Matthew. We'll get to these questions on the board in just a second. So, MK Ultra. I did a video on MK Ultra and a couple of those other things. Listen, I believe they're real. I get written off as being a nut just for saying this. Listen, there's psyops that have been going on with our government like for a long, long, long time. If you don't think they're going on, they really are going on. To take away our guns, as this question comes in here, uh, personally, I do think they want to take away our guns. I, I think, you know, you start looking at... Um, uh, listen, if you're paying attention, it's hard. I mean, these people are telling us you're not going to have food at the grocery stores. You're not going to have electricity. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. I believe the solutions are there to fix everything without a, uh, without a problem. Well, now it's a problem. They've made it such a big problem, right? You see the supply chain. Monkeys talked about the supply chain 
and the problems we don't have the ships coming into the ports in America now they're all over in China so I mean China's a war with us so you start looking at everything we have our own problems that our government's creating I believe we have Marxists in the White House that want to destroy this country at the same time the morons are going to end up giving everything over to China and Russia so you look at this whole system you're going you guys have lost your lost your stinking minds um, so China's China's not playing tiddlywinks they know exactly what they're doing. They say a very, very, very weak and pathetic administration. We have in America, for you guys watching out there in the rest of the world, you look at America, this is what you see. A place that is totally corrupt, that is so perverted, moral decay is completely set in and rotted everywhere, where a six-year-old boy is told, no, you're actually probably a girl and they contaminate the kid's mind. And now you have this happening in all the different ages of kids, and the enemy knows what he's doing, and so do these wicked people at the top. They're destroying all of that. The, the complete moral breakdown brings it about to the place where these people, the people who are leading, can manipulate the masses however they want. Cause as much chaos, as much destruction as possible, and then come in with the solution. Um, I showed you this video before with Yuri Bezmenov, a 1985 interview he was in, he said there's four things that the Soviets knew they needed to do when they would take over a people. And he used Czechoslovakia for an example. He said, you have to demoralize the people. He said, that's done in America. 1985, he said it was done. Look at now. You have to demoralize them to the point where once people are demoralized, facts don't matter. You can't reason with them anymore. You can present to them all the facts. They aren't going to listen. You guys go to this channel because you like facts, right? You want to know what the truth is. You're in agreement. But facts don't matter once you're demoralized. Then you destabilize. How do you destabilize? Look at the last two and a half years. And then you create a crisis. What do you do? Food crisis, water shortage, electricity, gasoline. You have all these different crises going on, right? And then after this crisis, everybody's up and roar. And then everybody says, save us, big, save us, Joe Biden. And then they come in and normalize. And he said, with Czechoslovakia, they came in with their tanks after they created the crisis and said, now we are normalized. Now they got what they want. That's what's happening. So yeah, going back to your question, yeah, I do believe that's what's happening. Okay, uh, Brad Bradbury. Any relation to Ray Bradbury, Brad? A question, what's your thought on Revelation 13, 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names were not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So uh, my thought, um, all will worship him um, who's, who are not saved, who are not believers. Uh, it, it's the, the thought process in Revelation chapter 13. It's the time of the mark of the beast where you have to worship the Antichrist. Listen, this is what Satan is doing everything he can to usurp the authority of Jesus and who Jesus is. This is why there's going to be a temple that his man, he's going to possess Antichrist, he's going to, and when Antichrist, he's going to go to the temple and demand to be worshipped as God. Why is that? Because he's playing the role of Messiah. He knows the Messiah, Yeshua, Hamashiach, uh, Jesus is coming back. He's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. He knows that. But he's going to do his best to usurp the authority of Jesus, demand that he's the Messiah, and he is worshipped. Listen, it's not going to work out. And then what else is going to happen? In... Um, uh, Jesus is going to come back, and that's why Antichrist, because Satan knows he has to stop Jesus. He has to take Jerusalem. He has to take the temple. 
This is the only way he can stop Jesus from returning. He has to eliminate the Jews. This is why we see all this happening. And finally at Armageddon, none of those things have worked. Jesus is still coming back, Revelation chapter 19. So he gets the armies of the world gathered together to to point their weapons at Jesus and fire their weapons at Jesus as Jesus returns uh, Jezreel Valley, Valley of Armageddon, and he eliminates Antichrist and false prophet with the word, that, the, the sword that comes out of his mouth, the word out of his mouth. So he tries to do that, but he's demanding to be worshiped. So in Revelation chapter 13, listen, you need to be saved. You need to be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that place of Revelation chapter 13 uh, is uh, that, that verse in particular is talking about the midpoint of the tribulation period. I believe there's going to be a tremendous turning to the Lord Jesus Christ in uh, throughout the tribulation period. In fact, let me read that a little bit more in context uh, for you, uh, Mr. Bradbury. Um, Revelation chapter 13, it was granted to Antichrist, verse 7, the verse before it to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, nation, uh, and tongue. And all who dwell on the earth will worship Antichrist, whose names have not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world. All right, so uh, he's going to have authority over all the saints. So hence, during the first half of the tribulation, that's why you see like the fifth seal saints. Yeah, there's people who are dying for their faith in Jesus Christ. They were, uh, Revelation chapter 12, they did not love their lives unto death. They were willing to die, die for Jesus. Uh, they wouldn't worship uh, Antichrist. Okay, next question. Rosalind Eves, do you think that, okay, that's one I already read. Next question, Jillian Coco, where can we get your book? Too many are racing today to write books for financial gain. You wrote a long time ago, Relevant Things from the Heart. Uh, Jillian, you can still get it at Amazon. Um, and it looks, I, I have two books. This one and this one. So um, listen, they, they, they're, they're amazingly accurate because they're based on what the Bible says. I've never made a penny off those books. Maybe sometime I'll be able to make some money off of some of my books. I don't know. I, I do have a book on the Mark of the Beast that's coming out soon. But, um, you know, whatever. I'm not exactly the best salesman on, in, in the world. Um, but uh, you're gonna get, this is what you're going to get with this. You're going to get a whole lot of scripture and understanding why we are in the days that we are in and in America, in the New World Order. Uh, both of them will help you connect. If you want them, great. But um, if you don't, hey, we got, we got this book, and this is the best book out of all of them. Um, so the Bible, uh, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, question, Picky Ricky, do you think people in many countries will stand up against the Great Reset successfully or uh, will they get shut down if they do? How uh, would it happen? Picky Ricky, that is a great question. So I think many people are going to stand up against uh, what is coming, um, what is coming with uh, just this global system, the Great Reset. It, it's, it's coming, baby. Whether or not, when we're raptured, I don't know. Maybe we'll be raptured next week. I don't know. But if we're here for a while, we're going to be witnessing more stuff, right? So there are people who are going to resist. We know in the, during the tribulation period, the area of Jordan is listed in Daniel chapter 11. They resist Antichrist. Uh, in fact, a lot of what is currently Muslim world, they resist Antichrist. Uh, we know from Isaiah chapter 19, they do. The area of Egypt does, the area of Assyria does. So they resist Antichrist and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we know there's these territories that don't go along with Antichrist. Um, and, and 
so you look at that and you think of people who are resisting now. This is interesting. H.G. Wells, in his book, The New World Order, wrote this. Now, H.G. Wells was a full-on globalist, right? He saw a world of elites, all the little people down here, just like Amos said, Amos chapter 2, just like that same concept, right? But this is on a global scale. Um, H.G. Wells loved the idea of the elites and all of us little peons being crushed and, and, and downtrodden. He wrote this. Countless people will hate the New World Order and will die protesting against it. I believe it's quite true. Just if you look at the last couple of years and you can see the push against, uh, against what they were trying to do to us and, and stealing our freedoms and, and everything else. Um, okay, next question. Tammy Wright, all these things that are in Scripture happen to Israel. We see it now all over the world, but Israel seems to be immune to most of this. Do we wait to see this happen to them, to see Jesus soon? Okay, Tammy, I'm not 100% sure on exactly what your question is referring to, but, I, but I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a guess at it. Sometimes I'm just trying to read through things fast so I don't have enough time to think about it much. But I'm, uh, it looks like, Tammy, what you're saying is all these things happen to Israel, ancient Israel, that's the things we were talking about tonight with the prophets Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Amos, uh, ancient, uh, uh, Israel, ancient Judah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they happen to them. And we see what's happening to the world right now. Is, this, this is what's going to happen to Israel. Uh, Israel's going to survive. Jerusalem's going to survive. The Jews are going to survive. But somewhere in this process, there's going to be this great turning against the Jews. Jews are going to continue to go back home to do their aliyah to the land of Israel. By the way, Israel's economy seems to be doing great. At least last I checked, it was doing fantastic. Uh, Saudi's pouring in $2 billion. So, yeah, I, I think maybe that's what you're referring to, Tammy. Yeah, we see this. They're kind of like in this interesting bubble. The United States is going down. Uh, people don't like hearing that. But the United States is going down. There's big trouble here in the United States. So we see that, but ultimately, I believe we're going to be raptured because Israel's going to be blessed. They're going to enter into this false pseudo-peace with Antichrist for the first three and a half years of the tribulation. The last three and a half years, it's going to be the uh, Antichrist is going to turn against the Jews, but Jesus is going to save them. But uh, no, I, we're, well, I don't believe we're going to be here during that time. I believe we're going to be raptured before that time. Hey, listen, before I get to more of your questions real quick, um, there is a fake Instagram. I mentioned it last week. Um, it's out there. Don't, listen, the guy asks for money. Do not give, don't give money. The guy's a fraud. He's a crook. He's stealing money from you guys. And if, if you want to give to Hope for Our Times, then praise the Lord. But go to our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and it tells you how to give there. But we don't have something, I don't have anything on Instagram that says, hey, um, I don't have that. I don't have it on Facebook. I don't have it on Instagram. This guy's a crook. He's stealing. Don't do that. The only place, the only place that we receive donations is through hopeforourtimes.com. No, no other place do we do, we do it. Uh, conference registration for Huntington Beach. Our conference coming up August 12 and 13. Going to be great. Uh, Billy Crone will be there. Monkey's going to be there. Brandon Holthouse is going to be there. Andy Woods is going to be there. It's going to a few other, of my other friends are going to be there. August 12 and 13, conference registration is going to be open this Wednesday. I'll be doing a short, but you can go to the website, hopeforourtimes.com, to get the, on Wednesday, that's when it's going to go live. That's when you get the info. So check it whatever time on Wednesday. 
I don't know yet. I'll do a short this week to announce something like that. At least I think I will. Uh, but it's going to be Wednesday, so pay attention to that. Um, I have my live coming up with Mark Henry this Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be uh, fantastic. Okay, uh, back. Let me get to some more of these questions. Um, let's see. Question. Do you think Antichrist is behind the scenes? This is Catherine Cole pulling the strings but hasn't yet been revealed. Catherine Cole, that's an excellent question. I don't know. Something fishy is going on. All these globalists are marching to the same beat of the same drummer. They've all got the same mindset, don't they? But at the same time, we remember this. God is sovereign. Revelation chapter 17, verse 17. God says this, and this is cool. That puts it into the right perspective for us. Chapter 17, verse 17. God says this. For God has put it into the hearts of the ten kings to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to Antichrist until the prophetic words of God are fulfilled, until all of his prophecy, until all of his word is fulfilled. So God is the one who's sovereign. God puts it into the hearts and minds of the leaders, but ultimately, is he doing it through someone who is behind the scenes? Uh, um, we know with Prince Charles, you know, you saw that video. James has shown that video uh, several times on his YouTube channel. Uh, Prince Charles refers to he and his, and he's got everything at his disposal and all that. Man, listen, it sure seems to me like this stuff is going on behind the scenes. Uh, Antichrist is probably uh, alive and well. Okay, let's see. Question. Talia, is the wedding of the church to Jesus in heaven during the tribulation or on earth after the tribulation? Uh, Talia, that's a great question. So I will say, um, I'll say this. You have two different schools of thought. One of them is that we are raptured, we're up in heaven for seven years, and the wedding feast is there, based on Revelation chapter 19. I'll read the verses to you. Right, blessed are those, uh, verse 9, who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. Just before that, it says to her, his bride, let's be glad and rejoice and give Jesus glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Right for these things are true. Revelation chapter 19 pictures us, if you're a believer, in heaven, clothed for the marriage supper of the Lamb. So I have a lot of my colleagues say, well, the marriage supper, therefore, is seven years in heaven while the tribulation is down here. I don't necessarily agree with that because I look at it like this. Although you do see us clothed, ready, dressed for the wedding, woohoo, in heaven, you read a few verses later, and what happens? We have Jesus, the faithful and true one. He's on his white horse, and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And, and, and uh, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, so we have... A few verses before, we're in heaven, we're clothed for this, this incredible marriage supper of the Lamb. Wedding supper. Wow! Going to be fantastic, right? But a few verses later, we're on horses in the same clothes, our wedding garments. 
we're coming with Jesus. We're going to be, we're going to be looking good. <laughs> we're coming with, we're coming with Jesus. He's coming to Armageddon, the Jezreel Valley. He's going to throw the, the Antichrist and false prophet into the lake of fire. And as it says there, he is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. Yes, it's awesome. But we're in our wedding garments. So if we had the wedding in heaven, I'm thinking we would have changed our clothes and gotten ready for the battle of Armageddon. No, it appears to me, okay, maybe the wedding's in heaven. We'll know for sure. It appears to me we're in heaven. We've got our wedding garments on and we are coming back down to earth. Remember, it's Jesus who does the battle. We're going to be okay. He's doing all the fighting so you can have your wedding garments. We're not going to be out there like gladiators and swashbucklers and stuff like that. We're not doing that. He's doing all the fighting. He goes over to Jerusalem, stands on the Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives splits in two. Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem for the millennial kingdom. In fact, from Daniel chapter 12, you find out there's a gap from when Jesus returns. And there's a gap, I can't remember how many days, 75 days or 45 days, something like that, until the millennial kingdom begins. Probably a cleanup period, but it may be that the, the marriage supper of the Lamb is during that time. When Jesus comes back, and that's when the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place here on earth. I tend to believe the marriage supper of the Lamb is here on earth. We get our wedding garments, we get on the horses, we come back here, we're going to the party. And it's going to be awesome. So, listen, thank you for your questions tonight. Um, it was great, great being with you all. And uh, listen, I've got my updates ready to go. I'm looking forward to this week. I'll be live with Mark Henry on a Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow, Olivier Melnick is with me. Uh, it's Memorial Day here in America. And uh, let's see, Wednesday, I have my update. Oh, by the way, Wednesday, got General Amir Avivi from Jerusalem. Uh, that's right, I'm going to be in Jerusalem on Wednesday. It's going to be fantastic. And the registration uh, goes up for the Huntington Beach Conference also this Wednesday. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your weekend. Shalom. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.